Welcome back to the Bhagavad Gita podcast. I'm Radha Priti. I don't think I, I don't think I ever introduced myself. That's kind of funny. This is Chaitanya Charan, our teacher. And this is Balaram, uh, my fellow student. So today we are on day 33 of our journey through the Bhagavad Gita. We are on chapter two, text 44. And we have been talking a lot about the difference between karma kanda and karma yoga and um yeah it's, it's been really interesting so do you want to take us into text yeah, sure. 44 Susie? so this is text 44 which is krishna is telling how exactly the good that is material well-being can be the enemy of the best that is spiritual growth bhogaishwarya prasaktanam taya paharita chetasam in the minds of in the minds of those who are too attached to sense enjoyment and material opulence and who are bewildered by such things the resolute determination for devotional service to the supreme lord does not take place So here, Gita is making continuing the flow of thought from the previous verses. We consider forty, forty-two, forty-three was one unit, and forty-four is here. So forty-one was about the many-branched path of materialism. Of material growth, and then the 42 43 were the source of the many branches. That means, where do you those multiple desires come from? That was coming from the Vedas, which talk about two main things this is indulgence, sensual indulgence, and material opulence in terms of wealth. So, those two things now, what happens? They say they capture our consciousness and when the consciousness is captured by these then there is no spiritual focus it becomes impossible that's what this verse is specifically stating now so our consciousness becomes captivated by this so if we consider say this to be our consciousness and now the consciousness, it becomes, if it becomes filled with the cravings for, say, indulgence and opulence, and this is not representative, sometimes one desire can be more, sometimes another can be more, but that is what is dominating the consciousness, then we will naturally these will both pull our consciousness towards worldly things. And once these are pulling our consciousness towards worldly things, even if the opportunity for spiritual growth is there, even if spiritual even if spiritual growth is accessible for us, it's it's right next to us. But you know, seeking that spiritual growth, will be something which that spiritual growth 
is something which will become almost impossible for us to pursue because what will happen is our consciousness won't go in that direction so that's what is being talked about over here that the in general whatever fills our consciousness that thing fuels our actions whatever fills us inside that fuels us in the outer world so if our mind is filled with whatever fills us internally that fuels us externally if somebody is constantly thinking of say alcohol then that's what they are going to seek where's a bar even if they are thinking of holding a job and earning money that's so that they can drink more alcohol so whatever fills us internally that fuels us externally so, so the gita is saying over here this is the main problem it's not that a person cannot have material well being but when that becomes the purpose of life that becomes life's consuming purpose then that diverts one from not just spiritual growth even the possibility of contemplating on spiritual growth hmm. so it just doesn't it just does not work it's like suppose somebody has to sit for meditation now meditation can be good it can be pacifying but you tell somebody to sit for meditation in a restaurant with a maybe 20 course feast in front of them now <laughs> and they told not only are the 20 course feast is there the fragrances are going into your nose but you also have to keep your eyes open and keep your eyes glued to all the items of the feast and now you meditate it's just not going to work mm -hmm. so similarly we understand that if externally there are distractions we will not be able to focus on something higher mm -hmm. so what applies to external distractions also applies to internal distractions so uh, normally if you want people to study now in study rooms if people if there's a library where you want study, students to study that's not the place for say you know playing sports or having a feast or mm, dating or whatever so external distractions what applies to them that same principle applies also to internal distractions the gita is saying that we will just not be able to focus on anything higher if our mind is consumed by the allure of material pleasure whether it is coming from uh outer from the outer world or from the inner mind this is why like a daily sadhana is so important uh to like fill our mind with that so then we we seek we're more likely to seek that externally yes definitely so when we it it's cyclic it's like we have we have internal spirituality that brings external spirituality in our actions so internal spirituality comes from our practices our spiritual practices and then once we do external spirituality that also inspires us towards we'll be discussing this later when we come to actual sadhana but this is 
the point over here in the Gita is that we need to focus on, we need to recognize that material obsession and spiritual absorption or spiritual direction, they cannot work together. So if there's material infatuation, then that goes against spiritual direction. That will not allow us to go in a spiritual direction. And only when there's direction, then there can be some progression, then there can be some absorption. All those come later. But at least there has to be some understanding of spiritual direction or spiritual contemplation at least. Okay, what is all this about? What is spirituality? Mm. That's why like boundaries so, in our material life are important too, right? So that we don't get too carried away in a material pursuit. Yes, we cannot avoid the the world will still be filled with temptations, with distractions. And each of us needs to create around us the boundaries that can help us to stay spiritually focused and purposeful. Agreed. Yes. So any comments? Well, Ram, should I go ahead? Yeah, please go ahead. So we are talking about next verse 245 now. Traigunya Vishaya Veda Nistra Nistra the Vedas deal mainly with the subject of the three modes of material nature. O Arjuna, become transcendental to these three modes. Be free from all dualities and from all anxieties for gain and safety, and be established in the self. Yeah. So now, here Arjuna could object that, but this bhoga and aishwarya, this opulence and indulgence, that's the teaching of the Vedas. This is yes, they do talk about it, but that's not all that they talk about it. Earlier I mentioned that the Vedas, the Vedas are a broad body of knowledge, they're a broad body of texts, and their purpose is, in one sense, to facilitate the human journey. Now, most human beings seek material things. And because they seek material things, then we provide them facilities for seeking the material things in a more harmonious way. That's what the Vedas do. Mm -hmm. So when they're doing this, if we consider, say, 99% of people are materially minded. They're thinking of pleasure, they're thinking of power, they're thinking of property. Then what will happen by extension is the Vedas will also have, Vedas will cater to them. And if they're going to cater to them, then what happens is, you could say 99% of the Vedas, and this is, this is not an exact figure, but Vedas, they are talking about material well-being and material pleasure. So just because that is there does not mean that is the primary purpose of the Vedas. That there are, the point is, everybody needs to rise from 
material consciousness toward spiritual consciousness but you could say that most people are there are thousands of people say over here and there may be many many people here and maybe there is a few people here and maybe there's there are even fewer people here so now if the vedas are going to cater to all these people then what is needed by most people is what will be prominent there but that does not mean that is the ultimate purpose so if we have a university a university with say 10000 students and maybe out of that 9000 students are undergrad maybe 90 students are post grad nine students are doctoral studies and maybe one student is doing post doc studies now now if that university is primarily a research university you could say this is what this university is looking for they want this this is the this is their primary purpose they would like to get those students who could do that kind of research postdoc the, the postdoc the postdoc if that's what if the research university which wants to specialize in a particular field which wants to tap the talent and guide students to do that kind of research or or uh, tap the students who can do that kind of research but if we consider their library their library will have to cater to everyone mm-hmm. now those books for the postdoc research may be relatively few in that university library but those may be the most important books from the university's perspective even if they may not be the most important from the students uh, from the sheer number that is visible in the university library so like that krishna is telling the vedas are a vast body of literature primarily they talk about material subject matters so this concept of the three modes it's a little complicated concept we will get into that but at this point three modes and we can say it is it is equivalent to materialism or material conception of life so in one sense the vedas talk about three modes means they talk about the material conception of life but there is something more nistraigunyo go beyond the three modes and what is that state of being beyond the three modes so if this is the self and this is the outer world which is filled with dualities so that is our consciousness always goes outward seeking outer pleasure and when it goes outward what happens is we want to go here and in one sense we want to go away we want to go towards the positive and the duality and we want to go away from the negative or the duality but what krishna is saying is instead of trying to go toward the positive and avoiding the negative instead what you do is just break the whole chain don't consider the duality at all instead 
you turn inwards and become self-situated. And so that's why nirdvandvo nirtisp. He says, go beyond duality. Yoga kshemam atmavan. Atmavan is become aware of the self, become a possessor of the self, become soul conscious, become soul aware. So this is the idea of going inward and finding meaning and fulfillment within. Hmm. Could and we? The same theme. Yeah. I was just thinking, do you, could we use extrapolate that analogy to to say that seeking material pleasures in life is like the equivalent of like an undergrad and a graduate student would would seek spiritual essence? Well, definitely, as people grow, generally it's expected that they start thinking of higher things. A small kid. A small child may just want to play with toys or build sand castles. As people grow older, they, they are expected to seek something bigger. So there is a gradual growth. In that sense, we could say that uh, there is that, uh, yes, those who are materialists, they are, in one sense, it's all the same university where from material growth to spiritual material growth to spiritual growth. In one sense, we could say they are opposite. One has to give material things up to go towards spiritual things. Another thing is, it's like a progressive increase in long-term vision. Hmm? It is a expansion in our understanding of what is long-term. Hmm. So, even if a child understands that, okay, I just want to eat these chocolates and feel good. But then the chocolate child understands, you know, actually, this food will make me stronger. Although it may not be tastier. And therefore, I eat this food. That's that's long term. That's also growth. The child understands that my studies is not fun, but 10 years down the line, I can have a good life. That's also long term. So we could say there's an increase in our understanding of long term. And eventually, we come to the level we understand that actually the spiritual long term is the most important. So that, in that sense, you could say it's the same university. Hmm? The university of life. <laughs> which helps us, which is ultimately meant to expand our understanding of what really matters, what really counts, what, en what endures. Hmm? So that brings me to the verse, which is metaphorical summarization of what was spoken before. All purposes served by a small well can at once be served by a great reservoir of water. Similarly, all the purposes of the Vedas can be served to one who knows the purpose behind them. Okay, so here... There is a lot going on in terms of the cultural context. And the first is that in traditional villages, say if a village was say next to a river, now people could go to the river to, uh, to satisfy all their needs about the water. 
but there could be rivers sorry there could be wells and in those societies different wells serve different purposes some uh, wells could be for laundry some wells could be for drinking water some wells could be for religious purposes some wells could be for um, bathing whatever like that the different wells have different purposes and the idea was that don't we don't want the water to get mixed and contaminated this was they might not know have known about germs and infection but the idea of keeping things separate was a part of their implicit understanding but if somebody does all this in the river water because the river water is flowing so all purposes all these purposes could be filled with the river water so this example it's being used here to indicate that the starting verse if you consider this is last verse in the section 41 to 46 so 41 was that there are the intelligence is many branch there are many purposes people have so the question is that this many purposes versus one purpose that was the contrast being made the question might be that okay does one have to give up all those other purposes to fulfill this one purpose so there it was presented as that there's many purposes and one purpose is like a competition but here it is said that if you consider the all those many purposes are included in that one purpose so just as a river can fulfill all our water needs that are fulfilled by specific wells and can do more similarly when so this one purpose is spiritual growth and these many wells are different ways of fulfilling of gaining material pleasure or material well being or material growth so the idea is material pleasure gives us some pleasure but when we grow spiritually the pleasure that we get is so vast that that pleasure includes all other pleasures now it's not exactly that one through meditation will get the same pleasure as say one gets by eating a feast by but the pleasure is so fulfilling it is so great that whatever we might have got by the other things we we feel that we have got much more than that is like if say this is a 1 dollar coin it's like many 1 dollar coins but it'll play like that and this is 1 million dollar check now literally the 1 million dollar check does not contain a 1 dollar coin but actually speaking the 1 million dollar check means that there is the coin and there is so much more there is 1 dollar in it and there is so much more in it so the point krishna is making is when you seek spiritual growth you are not going to be a loser you're going to get all that you have got uh, you might have got through material growth and you are going to get more so that's the key principle over here any reflections questions that's my takeaway when you pursue spiritual life you won't be a loser yeah so
we might uh, feel that I'm not getting particular things. So there's, you know, getting things, getting material things. In, we won't get those. So in that sense, we could say we are loser. But there is getting what those material things would have given us. Or you could say what those material things promise to give us. Sometimes they deliver, fulfill the promise, sometimes they don't. In that sense, we will get that. So it's not that I said, I might not get the exact $1 coin. But whatever that $1 coin could have given me, I can get that and much more through a $1 million check. So in that sense, we are gainers. We are not losers. So, shall I summarize or any comments? Yeah, it's very cool. Thank you. So, discussed. Uh, several key concepts here, mainly two verses. We discussed 45 and 44, 43 verses, actually, 44, 45, and 46. So, the 44th verse was about how material infatuation that can go against spiritual uh, direction, spiritual contemplation, spiritual absorption, whatever, all of those. So the problem is that when our mind is filled with one thing, that's what we will be fueled towards. So what fills us, fuels us. And that's why we need to be careful about what we are filling ourselves with. So that was the first text. And basically that is an indirect indication that one should not let the mind become filled with mundane things. And the 45, 45th text was about, then what should one do? That is, turn inwards. So the outer world is filled with dualities. And what we can do is, we can turn inward. Instead of chasing the positive and avoiding the negative, the dualities, we can focus on just turning away from the entire duality and turn inward and find inner satisfaction but through spiritual growth. And the question might come that, okay, if I'm going to turn inward, am I going to miss out on certain things? Well, not really. That material pleasure, whatever it provides, that and more will be provided by spiritual growth and spiritual enrichment. When we get that, it's like whatever a well provides, whatever it provides, it's like a well. Spiritual environment, all that and much more is provided through spiritual growth. That's like a flowing river. So, in this way, Krishna is recommending through it all, that Arjuna focus on spiritual growth, the path of yoga. And what that path is, that Krishna will now start outlining in the next section from 47 text. Thank you. Thank Hare. you. Thank you.